Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. <laughs> it's just a wild romp. I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I'm trying to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This episode is Rent. My name is Jimmy, and it once took me an hour to do a drug test because I'm pee shy. <laughs> my name is Jeff, and my great-grandmother was a silent film soap star whose stage name was Pipsy. My name is Dan, and I once fell asleep in a completely empty movie theater and had to be woken up by the cleaning crew after the movie was over. <laughs> Okay, this is what I know about Dan from this podcast. If, if you didn't know Dan as a person and you just know him through Talk Me Into, 50% of his fun facts are just things Movie that theaters. he looks at. <laughs> or things that he just ate and the other 50% are him sleeping in a movie theater just yeah. different movies just falling asleep during no, on the way no my last fun fact cried was in yeah, crying movie. in an empty uh, movie yeah, theater not, yeah he just half of his life was in a movie theater so this year must be really difficult on it is <laughs> yeah I had the AMC A list I was yeah. rocking rocking movies miss it yeah I don't even remember which movie this was uh, it was again a, <laughs> well, a very probably a big portion of it it was a very unpopular movie and i slept through a lot of it and Hmm. this guy just was like sir (laughs) sir and it it was quite a while because it was a late night movie it was quite a while actually woke you up in the morning when the morning shift came in that would have been awesome and then i had just like the drive of shame home (laughs) (laughs) that's your drive of shame jeff how'd you find out your great-grandmother was a silent movie star it wasn't a secret I mean, our family knows Uh, my great grandfather was a silent film producer in Hollywood and she was a silent film star and they met in Hollywood and uh, they had my grandpa and his brother and the depression hit and they lost almost all the money they had because they were very uh, affluent Mm -hmm. at the time and they moved back to New York State. They lived in Yonkers. Uh, my great grandfather got in a drunk bar fight and was murdered by two homeless people on the beach. Oh, tight. And then she lost the rest of the money uh, that she did have on horse races. Cool. Jimmy, I forgot your fun fact. <laughs> so it was it took me an hour to do a drug test because I was. Oh, pee yeah, shy. that sucks. Yeah. It was were, were you in an individual bathroom? Yes, How? but I knew that they were listening, so uh, I was like, ah, "There's too much do. pressure." I, I used yeah. to have this problem. A friend of ours, whose name I've since I won't gotten say, over it, but yeah, uh, we were we used to go in stalls to pee. Yeah. Uh, but then at some point you just have to pee in a urinal, but sometimes yeah. it still happens. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, we'd go to a public restroom and Jeff would, well, we found out that this friend went into the stall because after urinating, he had to dab with toilet paper. <laughs> he also like friend. chose to sit, I believe. I don't know if that part's true. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even now, like if I go to work and I'm using a urinal and somebody comes in, I could pee, but then if they start talking to me, I'm like, first of all, don't do this. We're holding our winkies <laughs> at the same time, yeah. several feet apart. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it takes some time to get out. So yeah, yeah. I feel you, man. Yeah. So wh- what was the uh, test for, Jimmy? Was it, it was for a job? It was a job? test for work, yeah. And what did they do? They're, were they're they like complaining like, and stuff? No, they were like, uh, just wait another like 10 minutes or whatever. <laughs> and then I was like, okay. Did they offer you water? Oh, yeah. I, I had to pee really bad. <laughs> like, honestly, it was like the most pain I've ever been in. Y'all got extra cups? <laughs> yeah. I never had that happen. I've like peed in public and stuff. Doesn't yeah. bother me. I mean, I haven't, but I have. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Great, everybody. This is fantastic. Guys, we have a review. What? Yeah. Whoa. We do. A review. On Apple Podcast. Of this I didn't even show? notice that. By my mom. Aww. Yeah. The uh the title is Mad Men. She says, As Jimmy said, I am a big fan of Mad Men. I recently watched it for the second time and with my husband and liked it even better. I listened to your show the other day and enjoy it. Daniel always has interesting an interesting perspective and makes you think about it from his point of view. Great job to Dan, Jeff, and Jimmy. 
Pam, Jimmy's mom. Oh, that's super cute. Thank you. I'm having flashbacks to when she used to call into Out of Step Radio to put you on oh my the phone. Gosh. <laughs> She'd be like, Daniel, Hi. this is Auntie Pam. <laughs> Jimmy wants to talk to you. He's nine. You can listen to uh, some of that on our Patreon. Yeah, talk I was too. 12. Thank oh. you very much. <laughs> it's very funny. That I have no clue for. <laughs> Old baby cousin Jimmy. <laughs> This is the part of the show where we're telling each other and everybody listening to us talking what we are talking ourselves into this week. That was a weird way to word sure it, but was, I Jimmy. got through <laughs> yeah. and you understand what it means. And it did make sense if you understand language. So thanks for bearing with me. Yeah, it's usually small stuff. Nothing really crazy. I'm not going to have you guys get talked into the thing I'm talking myself into this week. But what is it, Jeff? This week, I've been talking myself into vr oh and it's a very strange story as to why uh i was sitting in my car during my lunch break and i ate my sammy Mm -hmm. uh and it was delicious and i had a little beverage and some little snackies and then i noticed that there was some trash on my floor and i was like oh let me just pick that up and clean up i got some time so i was just like kind of tidying up my car from my seat you know Mm -hmm. and then i went in my middle console and the only things in my middle console I bought my car in uh, October 2015 mm-hmm. and December 2015, The Force Awakens came out. When The Force Awakens came out, I saw it several times. And at the time, when you see it in 3D, they had 3D glasses and like one looked like Ray's headset mm. and one looked yeah. like BB-8. And those are in my middle console. The I other thing in my middle that, console yeah. is if you have Verizon, you can go to a store and they gave you a cardboard VR headset that looked like <laughs> BB-8. And it has been sitting there since 2015. <laughs> cool. So I was like, huh, I've never used this. Let me try it. Yeah. So I opened it up and I found a little video on YouTube of a roller coaster ride. And I was like, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, this is like you just hold it up. I'm like, it's yeah. pretty cool. This is just like a cardboard thing with like little lenses in it. And then I went to I got Google Cardboard and they have like this little intro thing. And I'm just yeah. sitting in my living room later that night because I brought it inside and I'm doing it. And Lindsay's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, check this out. And she was like, oh, there's a whale jumping over the ship. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, it's so cool. We're five years behind, baby. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just it's really cool. And then like the next day I was at work, um, my wife texts me and she's like, I want to use the BB-8 thing. And I was like, OK. And. so she was like when she was using mine she's like oh there was like a notification up there i was like yeah i was just texting dan and she's like this is your phone she just thought that (laughs) well yeah you put your phone it was like a standalone yeah i was like just put your phone in and you can use it and uh yeah you haven't played any of the big vr headsets no and it's crazy because i don't know how this technology i know it like splits the screen and like i understand how the optics work but on the cardboard thing there's this little cardboard slot you press your finger down and when you do that it makes selection so you can look down a little cursor comes up and you can like aim at the youtube video and like Mm. pause it or move it along and i was like how does it know like does it just see a shadow and then when i took it out it moves this little like cardboard pad that physically touches your screen and i was like this is sorcery this cardboard device is not the height of vr technology no it's not it's literally (laughs) it's literally a happy meal toy do you know that jimmy has playstation vr you do do. right yeah you should talk us into a vr game yeah that (laughs) would be cool funny aside there's a vr arcade quote unquote in waterbury that i took evie to one hmm. time oh i think you told me that That's and uh i went to one in florida when i was in florida last year we it had a cool. lot of fun until we played the super realistic <laughs> like it was just like a demo it's like this little section of the new spider-man yeah in vr and it starts you off and you're like on top of this crane at the top of new york city and you have to like jump off and she was terrified. So oh. I've always seen that. And I'm like, people have to know. But then at one point, I just turned around and there was a giant fox next to me. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> like, I. Yeah. And she was like seven at the time. And she's like, I don't want to jump off Uncle D. And out of curiosity, I did look at about a minute of the hub. And <laughs> it's it's pretty, pretty realistic. It's pretty weird. Yeah. You just look nice. around. And you're like, oh, wow. There's a cool dude. Yeah. VR is pretty neat. I have a PSVR. Um. I've heard the Oculus Quest 2 is really nice and it's affordable, which yeah. is really cool. I played the what Oculus Quest at a friend's house and it was pretty amazing. And he got his for free through his work. Wow. Yeah, jealous. 
Jimmy, what are you yeah. talking yourself into this week? <laughs> so this week I'm I was talking myself into typewriters. <laughs> this week I was forced to be talked into fixing my washing machine. Oh, oh gross. Yeah. yeah, that was not a pleasant thing, but it's been leaking for like a probably like a month to be honest. <laughs> And um, I was, well, my mom, who's technically my landlord, was like, <laughs> I thought you were hey. going to say who's like technically my girlfriend. I didn't know where that was <laughs> going. Um, uh, she was like, oh, just call this place and they can fix it for you and I'll pay for it. And I was like, you know what? I'm a man. I can uh, take a look at this don't myself. Don't do that. I'm a man card. I'm a man and I don't know how to do anything. I'm like, <laughs> can, can I call the landlord because my toilet's running? Like, what well, do I, I do? I at least like looked it up and saw like the things that I could do. And it was basically like two options. And I was like, I could do two things. And um, so I did the first thing and that didn't fix it. And I was like, all right. But this really needed to get done because it's literally right next to my cat's litter box. So, like, there's just litter everywhere, and, oh. like, there would be, like, a huge puddle in the morning, and just wasn't pleasant, guys. And um, so I had to pull out the washing machine, which is, which has the dryer on top of it as well, because they're two front loaders, and it was just unpleasant. I had to unplug them and plug them back in, basically, and that is what fixed it, but... That was that was a problem. How yeah. does unplugging and plugging back in stop leaking? Not the uh, not power, but like the the attachments to the water. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I had. Do you to- have tools? Yes, I do. I have a toolbox. I just picture you not having tools and like digging at your washing machine with like a butter knife. <laughs> I have tools. I did use but a butter like, knife at one point. Not but- great ones. Yeah. No, I got a toolbox from my dad for Christmas one year. I don't remember yeah. when, but your dad's like, "You're gonna be a man." Yeah, Whether I didn't like have it or no, not. I yeah. didn't have no daughter wearing a tutu. <laughs> That's exactly how five star Sean that sounds yeah. like. Yeah, he, but uh, he doesn't. But yeah, I, I fixed it within like an hour, and I was like, "Oh, that was actually pretty easy." So uh, feels good when you do something yourself. Yeah, that's like the next day I like woke up. I'm like, oh, I don't have to clean up water. It feels better having enough money to pay for other people to do it, though. <laughs> that feels really good. Yeah, I don't have that right now. So yeah, yeah. I needed to do it myself. But yeah, so that's what I was talking myself into. But uh, that washing machine is fixed, boy. Nice. Pretty excited. Dan, what are you talking yourself into? Uh, Not a big one. Honestly, you guys are sort of looking at it right now. I've been talking myself into finding new ways to display my taxidermy collection. <laughs> I see that. Oh, yeah. Did you just think of that because you looked at it? Or this has no, been on your list? It's something I have been working on a little bit. Because a Dan thing is to just see something, something and say, this is my thing this <laughs> week. That's how great of a conversationalist I am. I could literally just take <laughs> anything and make it interesting. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I have had this small taxidermy collection for a while, and it's floated yeah. around different areas of my house. Haven't really found a great place. I'd like to keep it all together. Uh, so now that we're in Talk Me Into Studios, mm-hmm. um, I got this radiator cover uh, for free. Somebody had put it outside their house, and uh, there was a part that was a little dented. So wait, that cover? You haven't always had that cover? No, really. I got it like a month ago. Really? Yeah. You just happened to find a radiator cover right the across size the of your radiator. Yeah. Oh yeah. These well, luckily, kind of are yeah, the same. So they yeah. probably use the same radiators. There was a big dent right where my pheasant is, uh, and me like to coincide with what Jimmy's saying. Me being a real man. I flipped that baby over, took a rubber mallet to it, and pounded those dents out. Wow. And uh, hit it with some fresh spray paint. And I, I have my uh, stuffed pheasant and a lot of my mounted insects there. And uh, now I just got to stop myself from buying more because it's already pretty full. So, uh, it's full. My wife was telling me about... I can't stop rolling my eyes every time you do it. <laughs> he does. That's why I keep Especially doing it. Especially now that Borat 2 is out, I'm like, uh yeah, it oh. was funny when it was ironic because no one cared about Borat. <laughs> but now people are doing. Now you're it just again. like a bro who likes yeah, Borat. Yeah, exactly. She was telling me about how her uncle, when he was stationed in Saudi Arabia, um, he was doing his laundry. Jimmy, this is relevant to your interest. Oh wow! And a scorpion came out and he beat it up until oh, it shit. died because that's scary. <laughs> and then some people that he was stationed with uh, got a taxidermied and like framed it. And she was telling me how her grandmother has it. And I was kind of like, oh, she doesn't want it. I know a guy. Yeah. Uh, Didn't go anywhere, though. No. (laughs) I was just kind of mentioning it. Yeah, yeah. I got all the insects from this dude in our town. Well, in my town. The praying mantis one. Yeah, the Chinese mantis that actually has wings. Yeah, it's not a Connecticut one, which we did not kill because it is illegal. He actually doesn't kill any of these insects. No, I know. He either finds them dead or he has a contact at like a museum for excess uh, insects that people donate that they don't have room for. Yeah, I got too many of these uh, <laughs> Chinese manti. <laughs> yeah. So if you would like some, come and take them. 
Uh, you just get a little four by four frame. Good to go. Put some yeah. cotton under it. So, nice. Yeah. I'm thinking of getting a couple like small like uh, boxes and painting them white so I could do like different staging levels. Cool. That'll be cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that, guys. That is that. Let's talk about rent. Guys, yes, we're here. We're if you're listening to this, it's right around the New Year season. Season, or as I like to call it, the season of love. Yeah, it is. And I'm I'm here to tell you, Jeff. Yeah, that we, Jimmy and I, think that you should like rent. Yeah, I pay it every month. Same. How we gonna pay? How we gonna pay? How are we going to pay? <laughs> Last year's rent. Okay, so rent is a musical. <laughs> Does it have to be? Yep. Rent. Can I watch the non-song version? No. No, it doesn't the exist. The songs are some of the best parts of it, along with the acting. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of dancing in rent. No. Not a ton. Uh it's a great story. It's from the early nineties. It's about 1990s. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. I don't mess with musicals from the 1890s. <laughs> Interesting you say that because this is a modernized version of an older musical called La Boheme, which takes place in the olden times. Yeah. <laughs> the olden times. <laughs> um, it, it was created by Jonathan Larson. Yes. Um, Jonathan Larson, whom I know. It's the La Boheme is from 1896. So, mm-hmm. oh, wow. <laughs> is this real? I can't watch this. It's from the 1890s, Dan. It's the only decade in musicals I refuse to watch. Yeah. Um, As established 14 <laughs> seconds ago. But Rent is from 1993. It was its first appearance, first workshops off mm-hmm. Broadway. Um, yeah, I think it was on Broadway in 96. Yes. The musical moved to Broadway in April 1996 at the famous Nederlander Theater, which is where it ran for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Is it still running? Uh, they do like reunion shows every now and yeah, then. Yeah, different like sort of different versions. So, and- the original production at the Nederlander ended. Um, I was able to see it during its last run where they were celebrating. And the way they celebrated was by bringing back a lot of the original cast members. Oh, So, Jeff, wow. we're going to get in more depth later, but... We're going to have you watch the the movie version of Rent. So I was able to see a lot of those actors redoing their roles because they were the original Broadway cast. So the actors in the movies were on the original Broadway Broadway cast. Most of them, yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, Rosario Dawson was not. Okay. And the other main actor who was not was, um, um, you'll see there's a character named Joanne. She was portrayed by a different actress in the original um, I'm not sure why they made the change. I think with Rosario Dawson, they wanted to go with a bigger name celebrity. Yeah. but That the, must have sucked for whoever played her character. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Funny story. The actress who played the original Joanne is now a chef, and she was in an episode of Chopped not that long ago. Oh, wow. Interesting. Multi-talented. Was yeah. that a funny story, or was it yeah. just an anecdote? It was anecdote. pretty funny. Funny mm. anecdote. How? Uh, just explain the humor to me. I don't... Um, let's move on. Okay. Uh, .org. Jimmy, what's your exposure to Rent? Um, so funny enough, I saw the opera La Boheme before I saw Rent. Um, I was that in, is funny. Yeah, pretty hilarious. That's guys. pretty funny. So I was in Italy and uh, the country. Our, yes, the country. Our boy Palin really wanted us to go see an hmm. opera, and it just happened to be La Boheme. Um, it was the day after we got to Italy, so I was incredibly jet lagged. And um, and I was like, I don't want to have to see this freaking opera dude, um, but we did. <laughs> this freaking opera dude. Yeah, um, but we did, and I was incredibly tired. I slept through a big portion of it, and at the part where an actress, let's just say, was stripping, that's when I started to get up, and my well, girlfriend. Oh, he got up. Am I right? My girlfriend at the time noticed that, and she was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> she oh, was, you got up. Got up. No, no, no! I, I like woke up. Like oh, I was like I thought waking she, up. I thought she looked at your lap and noticed a little dance going no. on. Um, I like started paying attention. She was like, "Are you kidding me right mm-hmm. now?" 
because she was you Insecure. know yeah because it was know. funny i don't know because you were in high school yeah, yeah because i was in high school are and you was... looking at these girls stripping and not me wearing an oversized hey, hoodie i mean i was 18 at the time so, so. that was la bohem when did you watch rent <laughs> yes so i watched rent with that same girlfriend uh i think two years after that um something around there so i think it was like 2015 i watched the movie for the first time and um yeah it was hooked uh it, it's a great uh it's a great film as well as it is a, like a great musical um I started getting more into the music i was listening to it more often but um yeah i was really into the movie and stuff and um i haven't seen a live production of it i hope to someday mm. um but uh we'll see dan how about you how did you get into it uh, my uncle Keith, who we know, uh, he's one of the he's Bruce, Bruce Bros. Bro. He's been on the yeah. podcast. Bruce. He's a big fan of musical theater, mm-hmm. and uh, he got me into it. And we'll get more into the specifics, but loosely, uh, the show is about a group of artists, uh, musicians, writers, filmmakers. You might say exactly living the bohemian lifestyle in New York City in in Greenwich Village, um, uh, like Avenue A, that that whole area. Yep, I'm mm-hmm. familiar. In the early 1990s. I'm familiar. Uh, and this is basically the start of urbanization slash gentrification. Yep. So there was this area of New York City that was run down, dilapidated, and largely abandoned where artists- Manhattan, all of it. Well, especially in the village. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the East Village where artists could just live, like squat for free or for very little rent yeah. and do their art. Well- as we now know, big industry and corporate real estate has moved in and bought up all of Manhattan. And that's basically the undertone of this. That's the setting of this story. Right. It's a group of friends who are being pushed out. And uh, how are they going to pay rent? Yeah. So, Jeff, what's your exposure? I know it's a musical. That's it. That's it. Okay. Don't know anything else about it. Don't know any songs from it. One thing I will touch upon because it's hard to talk about rent without mentioning this is uh, tragically Jonathan Larson mm-hmm. was uh, a very gifted playwright and musician who wrote the book. So the you know, the dialogue and the music, he wrote everything for rent, created the story, mm-hmm. was in the process of producing it. It was his life stream to get this on stage. He literally died the night before it ever put Are on a production. Are you kidding me? I want to see a tale about that. There's a documentary about it. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. So he passed away. And uh, the next night they did a live sort of like a reading. They did a performance, but they didn't act it out in costume and stuff. They just were like on a plain black stage and stuff. And it went on to become this huge success. Mm. And uh, yeah, a big subtext of the um, play are these individuals who are also at this time in the early 90s living with the onslaught and the epidemic of HIV AIDS, Mm -hmm. which decimated whole communities of people in New York City. Yep. So, Jim, we're going to have Jeff watch the movie. Yes, we are. Not available streaming on a lot of platforms. No, it is not, unfortunately. Thanks, guys. Yeah. I have it on Blu-ray. I'll borrow that. Jimmy, where were you able to find it? Um, I think it's on Stars. I'm probably going to get like a uh, free trial or something. Okay. Jeff, I think you have the means to find it somewhere. Yeah, I'll borrow it. You also it. visit a, uh, a video store. So yeah, I'll borrow it from somebody. Okay. Cool. So check out the movie and see if you like it. All right. Yeah, and we're going to spoil Rent. And I listened to it as well. So, Jeff, the reason why we wanted to do this episode is because... It's the new year. It is. And Rent takes place over the course of one full year. And a lot of the action takes place on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what did you think of Rent, Rent, Jeff? It opens up with the song, 5,600,023 minutes. Yeah, that's exactly... Well, I mean... At least you got the melody there. How yeah. do you measure a year to do in the life? So when you see life. this live, 
it is it does happen just like this mm-hmm. the, the cast comes out yeah. with just in front of a curtain with spotlights and just sings this song it's more like sort of like a little yeah it was, concert it was cool i like i think this is the only okay spoiler alert this is the only song i've ever heard from rent okay i've heard this song before um i didn't know it was from yeah rent. i think this I got airplay got radio play mm. when the movie came out i think it did mm. um yeah it's a it's a pretty cool song cool concept then we get sort nice. of right into the plot yeah we get right into it and there's like a gonzo photographer videographer documentarian named uh, mark 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 and that's uh anthony rap yep. yep he was in the play yes, yes. he's the original mark oh no shit because i saw him play he mark. plays stan it's on star trek discovery that's he's been in a lot of things yeah he's I've also in the film dazed and confused um other things <laughs> um yeah and then there's uh, a punk rock song rent and i laughed at that like that was not even entertaining it was just funny because it was like cringy so here's my hot take i told jimmy off pod that i have a hot take yeah. Ooh. i think that the title song rent is the worst song in the musical <laughs> it is. is that the title song that's what this is called rent yeah oh yeah no it was how bad. we gonna pay yeah by the way this is also the song that was parodied in um Team America, Team America World, I wrote it down. Oh, yeah. Rent, 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 rent. When they're like AIDS, 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 yeah. AIDS, 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 Not AIDS, AIDS, HIV, AIDS, AIDS, but full blown AIDS. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely parodying. So I understood that reference, and then I, I like pictured the puppets in my head, and I was like, yeah, that's that's funny. But I mean, there's a lot of stage setting that has to happen with this song. You have to yeah. meet Mark and Roger. I, Roger, I didn't even know that was his name. The guy who looks like uh, Jack Roger, uh, <laughs> Eddie Vedder. Oh, he looks like a lot of people. I couldn't quite place it. <laughs> so here's one thing that they quote unquote updated for the movie. Yeah. When you see Rent live, Roger's like an ex-punk rocker. He That's has like Liberty Spikes and flannel oh, pants really? and stuff. Oh, really? So he's like, yeah, he's like a casualties punk. Well, not that dramatic, but like spiked hair, yeah, yeah. wallet chain, you know, all so they stereotypical made him, stuff. I don't know. A grunger. He wears I, like a flannel shirt. Because I got the punk rock ethos that they were going for here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it takes place. This is uh, Christmas Eve, nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, mm-hmm. nineteen eighty nine. Stand up and take. A so look here's another thing that I was kind of disappointed by. I had forgotten that the movie leaves this out. There's actually a different opening song when you see it live. Really, which does a better job, sort of introducing the characters. Okay. Um, but I think the reason why they left it out is because it breaks the fourth wall. Which there's a few of these that happen live that aren't in the movie at all. So there's this yeah, song where in here there's no fourth wall breaking. Yeah, Rogers uh Mark is speaking direct to the audience and he's like December 24th 9 p.m. from here on oh, in okay. I roll without a script. Anyways, he's like close up on Roger tuning his guitar he hasn't played in a year. It's just this whole thing where he introduces the characters. Hmm. But what I do like about getting right into the world of Rent is um I think you get enough of the characters that you're like intrigued, like you want to follow them. And you also get what's going on, that they've been squatting in this building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're protesting an eviction because somebody just bought the property. Yeah. Like Dan mentioned, which happens, especially in Manhattan, when uh, people want to evict to get those uh, rent prices up. Yeah. And then we're introduced to Angel and Collins. Tom Collins? Like the drink? Was that his name? Yes. Well, I don't know if that's his real name. But no, that's I mean what the character's name. Yep. Yeah. And they, yeah, so they have AIDS. Yes. Or Angel does. Both. Both Both of them. Because they go to that group, that like talk therapy group Mm -hmm. uh, about coping with that. Mm Because, you know, I mean, at this time, like, you know, we often think of the 80s as like the highest of the AIDS pandemic, but it did go. I mean, it's still going on, but like the yeah. '90s was still big. Like well, this I, is '89 too. So yeah, that's true. Too. The, the play was made in '93, but it takes place a little bit earlier, so mm-hmm. it's yeah. really in the heart of it. Uh, there's another thing that is introduced in this song too, which is uh, "What Happened to Benny." By the way, I'm singing over this. Whole I did write "What Happened to Benny," but I couldn't think of the tune, so I didn't say. So it. Benny is played by uh, Tyrese. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Shit. And um. Benny lived with Roger and Mark. He was their yeah. third roommate. They were their friends, yeah. And he decided... He got a suit and a job. He married a rich woman whose father bought all these properties right. and he works for him now. By the way, did I... Who, who did I say plays Benny? Tyrese. Tyrese. Wrong. Tay Diggs. Very I always do that. Very different person. I always... Because it's the T thing, the Tyrese, the Tay... Yeah. So, so there's this whole level of betrayal... Because he knows the situation they're in. He's been there. Yeah. And he's trying to convince them. It's like, oh, it's going to be great. He's like, 
we're going to rent out the spaces on top and you guys can have your own studios and stuff. So in the the stage play, because this is, uh, you know, it's... Uh, they it, said it in the real world in the movie. Yeah, okay. But in the play play, the stage play... Play play. Play play. Is there dialogue in between the songs or is it just songs? Like, did they add stuff to the movie to make it flow like a movie? No, I think there's dialogue, isn't there? Mm, maybe like a couple words here or there, but what there are, there's the, the, the little like fourth wall interludes that oh, I'm okay. talking about. Because some of this dialogue right off the bat, after the songs and you get dialogue and Angel talking to Collins, um, they're talking about going to the group. And I believe it was Angel that said, it's for people with AIDS, people like me. And then Collins is like, me too. Yeah. It was just like, mm. it was acted and delivered and written so poorly. Like that was supposed to be a deep moment. And I laughed out loud and I was like, oh God, I just laughed at AIDS. I think you're taking it wrong. I think it's supposed to be uh, Angel. By the way, I tend to use female pronouns with Angel because I think if Angel was written nowadays, she'd be trans. She's yeah. referred to by both pronouns in, in yeah. the movie. Yes. Um, but I think Angel is... Embar- like embarrassed slash nervous of what Colin's reaction is going to no, be. No, I got it. I got what they were going for, but just the delivery I think she of just it sort of sputters it out was funny. To me. Do you under? Do you did you get how they met? The circumstances? No, I don't remember. Angel's a street performer. She yeah, plays like bucket drums, and Collins gets jumped, and the guys steal his coat and beat him up, and that's why Angel's sort of like n- nursing him back oh, to health. Okay. Yes, but yeah, it's Christmas Eve. All this goes down. There's a big sort of like a riot because everyone just gets evicted notices and they're not going to they're not going to go. They're not going to pay. Yeah. Last year's rent. This year's rent. Next year's rent. rent. We're not going to pay rent. Rent, 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 rent. (laughs) Because everything is rent. Yeah. Uh, Then there's a song Glory. And I don't remember it. I think he said glory a lot. But musically, it was very much like the police. Like it had that vibe that mm. like yeah, I early that. to mid eighties, just like this is the one chill one song, glory, one song before I go. Glory. Oh yeah. yeah. I was waiting for you to interrupt me. No, I don't remember it. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna interrupt your singing, so, especially not on this. Song. Uh Glory One Song Glory is Roger basically talking about his his well, his depression. Dead, yeah, and dead girlfriend. Yeah. So he was a pretty successful musician, singer, songwriter, punk, head of a punk band. and Super successful head of a punk band. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was a time in New York where you could make a living singing for a punk band. There was enough live music and stuff. But uh, his girlfriend died and he has not played music since. And he has not written a song since. And he's facing his own death because we realize later in the play, he also has AIDS. And so he wants to write... One last song before he goes that's going to be his biggest song, his most, not biggest financially, but he wants to write one great song before he dies. And then our pal, Rosario Dawson, shows up. Yep. To add some levity yes. to the moment, we get a really fun song. Light the candles. Light my candle. Light my candle. Because her power gets turned off. Yep. So you have to light the candles. Yeah. In order to see. And also. Flirtation. Implication as well. She wants to do drugs with them. Yeah. Well, she drops her drugs, and then the rest of the song becomes way more about finding her drugs. Yeah. Doesn't even care about the candle. Yeah. There's also some really fun, like, awkward flirtations where he makes it clear that he's not, like, he finds her attractive, but he doesn't think he's ready to, like, do anything. Move on. or Yeah. yeah. So she's, like, messing with him. They say I have the best ass below 19th Street. Is it true? It is. Yeah. (laughs) I would say it's pretty close to true. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So then... We get uh, Angel dressed up as Santa, and she oh, does yeah. like this uplifting yeah. little song. And this scene is everything I hate about musicals. <laughs> really, it's so it, fun. Like super. I knew you were yeah. Hate this I part. mean, I get, I get that it's lighthearted. I have nothing against that, but it's just so corny and cheesy, and I don't think it's funny, or I don't really get that. It's, it's like a drag performance. Yeah, and I don't know. Just like the music at this moment just seemed cheap. And like, like I, I've never seen the stage play. I never listened to the soundtracks or the score or whatever the hell you call it. So I don't know if like the movie version was comparable in quality yeah. to the original. Okay. So then I guess I don't like it. Do you, uh, do you get the plot that's established throughout the song? I don't remember it. Uh, I don't Angel remember the shows content. up 
with all this fancy costume and she has a whole bunch of money. And the reason why it's today for you, tomorrow for me is because she's giving them a lot of money. Uh, she earned money by, it's not really that important, but it's a sort of a side joke thing that uh, some rich woman drove by and offered Angel money to kill her neighbor's dog because the dog was barking all night. <laughs> then we found out later it was an Akita. That was the breed of dog. We found out later that Benny's fiance had an Akita that was mysteriously killed. Ah, uh, yeah. But yeah, Angel got paid like a thousand dollars, so that's why she treats them all to like food and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they like went out. That's their big lunch. Christmas party. And uh, then we're introduced to Maureen. Yep, who mm-hmm. is the boss from Love. Nope, yes. that's Joanne. Joanne. Yeah. Joanne. Oh, wrong name. Yes. Wrong name. I I'm said sorry. the same thing to us. Maureen is it. Adina Menzel. Frozen. Yes. Snowman. Yeah. Uncut okay. Gems, the wife. What oh. was that weird name that um, uh, John Travolta? John Travolta called. He tried it. to say, introduce her Nadine at the Oscar. Nizel He's like, or... Nadim Madada. Yeah. Like <laughs> cool. Uh, so yeah, uh, we yeah we, we get, get the tango Maureen, which I love. Yeah, it's I so good. don't. I think that when really it, because okay, so this is weird, fucking weird. Sorry, Jim, <laughs> yeah. for that. Bleep. Do you get why it's weird? Why what's weird? The interaction between Mark and Joanne. There were exes. No. no. Mark was in a long relationship with Maureen. Yes, she and now left they're dating for Joanne. Yes. Okay. I, I mix up the names, but yes. yes, there was a little love triangle thing going on there. Um, I don't know. It's just that so far from what I've seen, there's that like punk rock song in the beginning. And then there's like just traditional, I would say, Broadway songs that yeah. are fine and they do their job. And then you get into like this more like tango stuff. And then later on when they're in that restaurant and they get more into that, they don't. I don't know. It just seems like the genres that they're switching to are watered down and it's what I don't like. But we haven't Broadway. gotten the songs that do it, do the best stuff yet. In my opinion. Okay. I think the Tango Maureen is a lot of fun, not necessarily as a song. It sounds, yeah. it sounds corny. It sounds like a kid's bop version of an actual tango. It's mm-hmm. funny to me because of the metaphor that they're in this tango Maureen with Maureen, like this. I get it. That, she's using them that's the whole subtext of the song is like when you're involved in this tango with maureen you're her puppet like that's the whole thing and then they sort of determine that she cheated on both of them probably and yeah yeah and when you do see that later on um one part i did like about this uh had no song involved at all which i guess will tell you a lot is when the group goes outside and you see the police kind of harassing a homeless lady. Yeah. And then uh, the guy that we mentioned before, Mark, the the, filmmaker or the musician filmmaker. Okay. Mark. Yeah. He like films her and she, the homeless lady's just like, get out of here. What are you doing? You're just doing this for your white guilt to make yourself feel better. Yep. Do you have a dollar? And he's like, no. And then she's like, and she walks away. And I was like, that's so true. Cause even like now you see that on social media a lot. Mm. Yeah. There's a great line uh, where she's like, she's like, you, you all don't want to help. You just want to come down here and be artists. Got a dollar artist. Yeah. Yeah. I like that part a lot. You know what I found out, too, is that uh, Stephen Chbosky wrote the uh, the movie and he wrote Perks of Being a Wallflower. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Coming of age. Here's another yeah. little aside. What's... You know, in Seasons of Love, when there's that big solo that Joanne sings. What song goes, is that? See, 525. Oh, okay. 000. Yeah, I didn't know. You know, at the end of the song when she goes up real high yeah. and all that. So, in the original play, traditionally, that solo is sung by the woman who plays the homeless person. Oh, it's really? sort of like oh. an opportunity for a background actor to shine. Mm. Okay. I didn't know that. So, then we get. Um, we get sort of a few things. Uh, we get life support, which is the. Will I lose my dignity? All mm-hmm. that stuff. I love this first time they get through that when um there's that one guy who's like, excuse me, I have a problem here. My T cells are low. I don't feel good about that. And he's like, um, how do you feel today? And he's like, I, well, feel, I feel good. I feel good. Yeah. Best I felt all year. Then yeah. why choose fear? I'm a New Yorker. Fear's my life. I just thought yeah. that was funny. Yeah, it is funny. And then we get out tonight, which takes place on New Year's Eve, guys. This is Mimi trying to convince Roger to go out. Oh, yeah. Is this the one where she's at the strip club, the cat yeah. club or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I like the scene because <laughs> Rosario Dawson's <laughs> hot. I mean, let's 
she's she's pretty attractive um but even like so she's singing in the strip club and it's like it's more fun and upbeat and like she's performing and uh it's it's adult themed because it's like you know she's not actually stripping in this movie but like Mm -hmm. it's a strip club but even this scene and like is supposed to be more adult and mature it still feels like a kid's movie to me and i i don't know why like it was just so corny but i did like the cinematography and i don't know how they pulled this off on the stage but when she goes from the stage and like through the club and like on the streets and out and then back to her house mm-hmm. yeah none and, of that happens on the, in the well, play I'm, I'm sure it doesn't but it, i liked how they did it in the movie and how the song changed like it transitioned from like this song to then the song she's singing to the other it guy. is cool they, but they i did a good job admit, i like the staging of the play better because it fits more with the song which is that through the whole song, she's trying to convince him to go out. Yeah. So on the play, she's in their apartment. By the way, the play is staged very minimal. They only have a few props, and it all takes place relatively in one location. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it takes place mostly in their like apartment yeah, building. Yeah, with a couple right? folding the tables. The cyber studio. Yeah. But uh, so she's acting out her stripping as a way to convince him like how great it's going to be when we go out so yeah. she's like oh okay. dancing on the tables and like writhing around so in the, the movie they just up. made it more cinematic yeah but i think the song is cool because uh that's what it's like to be depressed and have your friends like trying to convince you and you're just not hearing it you're just like no yeah <laughs> okay well uh, what, what were you saying uh before i cut you off i mean there's a few smaller songs that i I think we can sort of breeze over like they go back to the group um i think there's an interesting dichotomy around this part of the story which is the juxtaposition between angel and collins versus roger and mimi yeah because angel and collins are in a shitty situation they both have aids but they're in this sort of like carpe carpe diem mindset yeah they're like hey we don't know how long we have so we like each other so let's just enjoy that and bask in each other's company roger can't get his head straight and so there's this will they won't they thing it's clear that mimi is interested in roger she just Mm -hmm. spent this whole song trying to convince him to hang out um and he's interested in her but he can't get past his shit and he gets like real they do like angry dancing which always entertains me but like not in the way it's supposed to (laughs) people usually find joy and i'm just laughing like ah they're so angry but they're singing this song so we get a lot of the Roger Mimi stuff, but I think the most heartfelt romantic song uh, in this story is I'll Cover You. Yeah, for sure. Which is the which one was that? This is the uh, Angel and Tom Collins song when they're walking down the street. Oh, yeah. Trying to find a coat for Tom Collins since his was stolen. And it's that whole the whole song is a metaphor for their relationship that they both want to take care of each other. Yeah, I was definitely vested more in those two characters than any others in the entire I think movie. you're supposed to be. I think they're supposed to be like a romantic ideal. Yep. Like later on, they even say, like Mimi says, like, I would give anything to have what Angel and Tom had. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a little idealized, but I, I think this song does a really good job of showing something that a lot of heterosexual people like don't understand about homosexual or like queer couples which is like, oh, who's the man, who's the woman, that kind of stuff. And it's not. Like, they're a partnership. So the whole yeah. song is them saying, like, uh, live in my house. Like, I'll take care of you. You can, you know, bring your stuff here. I'll cover you. And then they switch it, and, like, Angel says the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, super supportive and loving. Yeah, and it's really It comes good back in the end in a way that makes me cry. Yes. Mm. We'll uh, get there. Jeff. Yeah. In Rent. Benny tells Roger and Mark that if they convince Maureen to cancel her protest, he will let them live there for free. Which she doesn't. They she, don't even try to convince nope, her. Nope. It's like a, it's weird. Cause is it a protest or is it just like a solo show kind of thing? It's, it's weird. A protest with a performance. Yeah. Because that was a performance art space originally. Right. Mimi puts on this, uh, Maureen puts on this performance and the song that comes out of it is over the Mo- moon. Mm-hmm. I hated this more than anything else in the movie. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I'm just I'm not a fan of like this kind of performance art thing. I personally don't get what's so entertaining about it. it not none of not even just in Rent, but then when they did it, it was just like watching this. I was like cringing. It was so awkward and just like dumb. I just I hated all of it. I think this plays better on a stage at the show because it's almost like stand-up comedy. 
she presents yeah, right i mean i get it I she just... presents to the audience and she actually they do some like audience interaction and stuff um and yeah i just think the song is funny. okay so in the movie they she did try to do some like audience interaction but obviously it's a movie so it's not <laughs> when you see it in play you and the other audience members are the people mooing when she's like moo with me the whole crowd is like i i hate it still you would love it jeff no i I still like this whole thing i just honestly out of this whole movie i was like jeff's gonna hate over the moon oh yeah yeah. you're right because like i almost just stopped watching the movie i was like i i hate it that much that i don't even but then i was like it's a song it'll be over soon and it was (laughs) thank god i think it's followed up by one of the most fun songs in the show though la vie La Vie Bohème, the Bohemian lifestyle. Is that when they were at the restaurant? Yep. Yes. Yeah. I... Which is a real restaurant that just recently closed. Thanks, yuppies. The World Cafe. Oh. This kind of goes back to what I was saying about they don't do genres well. Um, I, it, it it didn't blow me away, and it, some of it was just kind of corny, but like... It's hysterical. It, it was funnier. Uh, it was it was done really well. I Menzel's ass. You do, yes. Um, <laughs> it was done really well and performed well. Uh, it was more like, I don't want to say hip hop because it's not, it's, but it was. Yeah, it's fast. Yeah, it was It was clever. There's a lot of funny one-liners in there. It was like, clever. Yeah. Uh, but the acting in between, it's just like this whole musical thing just irks me sometimes because the acting is just like corny. This guy, this waiter is like, all right, don't pull the tables together. And they pull them together. And he's like, ah, but then they're dancing on the tables. I know you have to suspend disbelief. I get it. It's just not something. I also don't know if this is as strongly disbelief as you think it is. I would imagine that in the late 80s in Greenwich Village at the New World Cafe, people probably danced and sang. Yeah, probably. But like when you're on a subway singing a song, people on the subway don't even want to look at you, let alone know all the words to a made up song you're just making up right there. You do have to disbelieve. By the way, that's not everyone, disbelief. though. That's their group of friends. No, there were strangers the other on table, there, too. No, the other table of investors My with point Benny is, were like in general, very mad musicals, about it. you have to suspend your disbelief yeah. because people do not coordinate song and dance. <laughs> this is supposed to be just them interacting. But yet, where does the music come from, Dan? Uh, obviously, Jeff. Yeah, that's my whole point. But there's some great one-liners in here. Yeah, no, it's a clever song. I just, I don't know. I love when it seems uh, cheap. Joanne, Joanne and Maureen kiss and they're like sisters and then angel and tom kiss and they're like brothers <laughs> yeah and then the the waiter is like so that was da, 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 and meatless balls yeah it's funny yes wine it and beer so many good lines it was fine oh jeff yeah, hates it. this i never said that i hated that previous song jimmy yeah after that is one of your favorites nope take me baby or leave me I mean, there's also like I should tell you as well. I don't or, know. Any oh yeah, I was looking songs. at the wrong thing. Yeah, I should tell you is basically when Roger and Mimi have like a little aside, uh, while everyone's like having their dance party. Roger's looking real. Oh, real emo. Yeah. Roger's looking real emo, and Mimi's like, Mimi's like, hey, what's up? And he's like, I should tell you. He hasn't revealed that he has AIDS. Uh huh. And they're getting to that point. And then he's all in his head and nervous about it. And she's like, an alarm goes off on her watch because 90s. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, AZT break, which is the medicine you take for AIDS. Mm -hmm. And I think this time you didn't like when Angel and Tom had that conversation. But I think this time it's handled really well. Yeah. She just blurts it out. And he's like, you? And she's like, me. And he's like, me too. Mm. And that's all they have to say about it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, at one point, uh, Joanne and Maureen get engaged, <laughs> and um, just because well, they get musical. engaged because she was like flirting with other people. Yeah. Like, there, there's a, Sarah yeah. Silverman's in this too. We're just skipping over stuff. She is. Yeah, you didn't notice that. I don't yeah. remember that. Yeah, she was like she worked at a bank. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, like, there's stuff where like all their stuff got repossessed, which is kind of funny because like evictions. That's not how they work. And then yeah. later on, it was just returned all in like plastic bags. That was funny. Yeah. By the way, they were squatters, though. So that could be how. It oh, worked. you're right. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Um, but yeah, then we have a uh, like we were talking about before. One of my favorite songs, which is the uh, the duet between uh, Adina Menzel and the actress. Who plays is that when they're at Joanne? their commitment? Yes. Their engagement. And they're like walking around. Yeah. There was yeah. some cool stuff where like a lot of their lines overlapped each other and they like. That's a really hard song to sing. I was thinking that too. I don't even know how to sing, but I was like, that seems difficult. Yo, 
Jeff, if you're talked into this, and Jimmy, since you are into this, yes. check out on YouTube. There used to be a thing that Broadway did once every year for charity where they took a lot of these traditional songs and gender swapped them. Yeah. And Neil Patrick Harris and his partner, his husband. Oh, yeah. I forget his name. But David he's also, something. Yeah, yeah. They did Take Me or Leave Me, and it's fantastic. Oh, I don't need to watch that. That sounds really good, actually. Um, yeah, that that's a great song. I, I've I've listened to uh, a lot of people try to do that, and not as great as as this. But. And this is one of the few ones that I think is staged better in the movie than in the play. What did you think about this, Jeff? How they were yeah, like, sort they're of like fighting going throughout through, this. It was like building. this mansion house yeah. kind of thing. And yeah, I thought it was just like before I mentioned with Rosario Dawson going from the strip club to the apartment. Uh, it was directed well. It was really nice. It flowed well, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was it was done well. And then uh, Roger kind of takes off. Um, he doesn't want to be. Where uh, is that after Angel dies? I don't remember. Yeah, it's after. Yeah, okay. I don't. I don't really remember the order of things. So uh, uh, basically, like throughout the year, um, Angel is getting progressively worse, and then does end up dying. And then, um, as Dan was talking about before, the "I'll Cover You" reprise, which makes him cry every time. I cry every time. Yeah. yeah this so is when Tom Collins sings at Angel's I, funeral. So I know that like, you know, plays are paced a different way and you have to do certain things on a stage. Um, And they were trying to make a faithful adaptation in the movie, but movies are a different medium. And I think that the pacing here fell flat and I didn't feel that emotional weight when Angel did die like that. That scene of Mm -hmm. Collins, like holding Angel on the bed. I was like, that's sad. But like. It came so quick. It like was almost out of nowhere. I kind of expected something like this would happen in rent yeah. just because of the topic, the time, the inevitability. Yeah, exactly. But it just seemed like, oh, all of a sudden he's dead. And then later on, like, oh, all of a sudden Mimi's dead. And then they're just like, so there the is movie. a there is one song that I feel like they really shouldn't have left out. Uh, I forget what it's called. Yeah, I read about it and they said that they it was like it was going to be too much, like it was going to be too sad. So the whole point of the song was to juxtapose again Mimi and Roger with Angel and Collins. And it's about being in bed with the person you love. So Mimi and Roger are at the height of their relationship. So they're having sex. (laughs) But Angel and Collins shows Angel getting sicker. And I think that's what you lose out on is there's a whole song. So like they actually if they had added that, this would have been significantly more effective. It's a whole song of Collins like taking care of Angel, like literally in the stage production, he's holding a bucket for her to puke into and like covering her up with blankets and, you know, just stuff like that. So, I mean, you do lose that. Um, we also should say that there's a song called Halloween, which is where I remember um, that's where Mimi and Roger like break up. Yeah, because they're basically Roger finds out that this is the stupidest reason for a breakup. But uh, I think he's concerned like without you is about him feeling like if I die and Mimi's left here, what's that going to be like? Or if she dies without me, I don't want to go through that pain. Yeah. So. He's sort of looking for a reason. He finds out that Mimi used to hook up with Benny. Yeah. And so they break up. Then Angel dies. Mm -hmm. They have the funeral. And what's really sad, to even amplify the fact that it's really sad that Angel's dead and Collins does this big moving reprise of I'll Cover You. But then we find out that this is the first time a lot of them have been together since, coincidentally, Joanne and, and Maureen broke up. And more, uh, Mimi and Roger broke up, and they're forced to be together for Angel's funeral, and they have like a big fight, which sucks. And Collins is like, "I can't believe you're doing this today." Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Mimi finds out that Roger sold his guitar and bought a car, and he's going out to Santa Fe to open a restaurant because they sang the song in the subway. So yeah, he's like, "I'm going to go to the place <laughs> that we sang about a year ago." Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, goodbye, love is just them saying that. Uh, and then we get What You Own, which is sort of uh, a big fast forward song where Roger reals, realizes that, like, he's not going to find happiness right. in this whole thing. Like, And, Jeff, I think you can relate to this. Like, when you're a teenager and you're playing in bands, you're like, hey, this is awesome. Maybe I'll be able to do this. <laughs> and then you're yep. like, nope, I have to grow up. Yep, I have to sit on a desk and order food all yeah, day. Yeah, so Roger's version of growing up was very drastic it was literally selling his guitar and moving to santa fe yeah and i think what you own is about saying like hey there's a happy medium i don't have to like give away my entire life yeah he bought another guitar yeah and he goes back to new york yeah yeah and then it ends with them back together and they're watching like that video that mark put together yep 
and it ends with Angel like. Oh. <sighs> You're skipping way. Yeah, man. a lot. Did I? So yeah. they I they get we back together. The so Mark's side of what you own is that he had been offered a job working for like TMZ, basically like a shitty yeah. tabloid TV show, and he takes it, but he decides he's going to quit because he wants to make his documentary about their. Group. Oh yeah, I skipped that part. So they get back together. They're watching the thing, and then they find Mimi. Yeah, who, she's been missing. Mimi went to rehab. Benny paid for her to go to rehab, but she left yeah. and has been missing. No one has found her. She's been living on the streets. Yeah, and it's now winter time again. It's basically yeah. Christmas. Is this a song where they sing "Me, me, be me"? Oh, that's the end. Yeah, me, me. Roger, she's like on the verge of death. The they call the ambulance, and then Roger. So she OD'd, right? Or did she die of AIDS? Uh, they don't make it clear, but she was also freezing cold. Like that was their big concern. Mm, yeah, that's true. Yeah. She was outside in the winter when they find her and Roger plays his song, which is your eyes, mm-hmm. which is this big opus that he had been trying to write for so long. He finally found out that it was about Mimi. Yeah. And he plays it and they kiss and, and they sing a song called love heals. And that's, that's the end. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mimi doesn't die. It looks like she, she dies, but she doesn't. Yeah. There is an alternate ending where it's sort of hinted at that Mimi does die because you see Angel. And I think you do see Angel. I thought Angel. she died. Yeah, she doesn't die. But there's there's another one where she like walks towards Angel, an alternate uh, ending and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, that's the show. Jeff. Yeah. Got any final thoughts? Not really. It's kind of exactly what I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah, I don't know. Oh, boy. I know where this is going. Yeah, I mean, I do want to make a final push, which is that I think you are sort of thinking too much about the music and not enough about the story. It's a musical, so you have to balance Yeah, but it's not a concert. It's it's got a storyline. Yeah, no, and I know. I I did balance these things when making my decision. And I looked at the story, the music, the actually making it a movie, like the direction, the acting. And I would also say as part of my final push, um, I mean, we're in COVID, so we probably never will get an opportunity. No, no. The live performance is dead. But if you're like the least <laughs> Thanks, bit interested in this, this is a really fun show to see live. They always have a live band right on stage with mm-hmm. them performing the songs. And there's a lot more audience interaction. Like I said, Roger, seem, uh, Mark seems to have a smaller part in the film because he's the narrator of the show. Yeah, he doesn't really sing. And when much. you see it live... He breaks the fourth wall and like narrates the show to the audience. Okay. So that's a lot of fun. And Jimmy, wouldn't it be great to have a talk me into trip to go see Rent? <laughs> sure. All right, Jim, I can't even bear this. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, did Dan and I talk you into the musical Rent? I think this is the most obvious answer, but no, you did not. I, I didn't like it <sighs> at all. Um, I didn't, there, there have been things on the show I've hated. This was just like, I knew what it was going to be. And I went in with an open mind and like, I like Hamilton. Like there are some musicals I do. Like I've seen music. I've seen Newsies live. I've seen Wicked both on Broadway. Like I've seen musicals. This is way better than all those. I don't like them is my point. I went with, (laughs) uh, somebody and I don't like them, but like, I just don't like musicals. And my biggest gripe with this is that right now you you guys were just like singing the songs and saying the lyrics. The only one I remembered is the opening song. The songs aren't memorable or catchy to me. And I think yeah. the reason why I do like Hamilton or, you know, things like that are because the songs are extremely catchy. Sure. I listened to them because I was like, oh, they're people of color being white slave owners and it's hip hop. I want to listen to that. But then I listen. I'm like, oh, yeah, these are like pretty good. So I do like some theater and some song like that but this i just did not like it just seemed like with the the opening song i was like all right it's pretty good see where this goes and then went into that punk rock song and i was like oh my god this is a joke and i don't think it's a punk rock song it's supposed to be like it's supposed to be yeah but like i don't like rock operas i guess uh yeah and i just there's there's nothing in like the the acting wasn't that great it did skip around a lot things that like I think the pacing was bad. I don't know if it was just like a transition from stage to film. Like you did say they cut stuff out, which I thought was detrimental to my answer here. Uh, Well, if it was three and a half hours long, you probably really wouldn't like it. Oh, yeah. No, that's true. But no, (laughs) I just I didn't care for it. And it's funny, too, because before I started watching this, I asked my wife 
if she would like, or I'm like, have you ever seen Rent? And she's like, no, because she likes uh, some musicals. And I was like, oh, well, I have to watch for Talk Me Into. Do you want to watch it with me? And she's like, yeah, maybe. And then she fell asleep. And then I was just like, do you want to watch it? Or no. And then I just watched it. I started watching it. And she's like, I would have watched this with you. I was like, that would have been more fun. But I'm watching it now. So sorry. But yeah, it's just there's nothing in this that makes me want to either rewatch it, watch the stage play, or listen to the soundtrack. And for me, that's just a no dog. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I was kind of expecting this. I mean, this was more of a Dan topic than a me topic. I mean, I enjoy it, and I was hoping that you would have liked it, but I was pretty much expecting this to be a no from the beginning. I was hoping that it was the, corny that the storyline and the setting would like get through to you. I like the setting. I like that it's in New York. I like that in the movie they were on the streets of New York. I, things that you can't do in plays. I did like mm-hmm. a lot of what went into making it, but I don't think that it was executed well for my likings i understand that people would like this but to me it was just there was too much of a pull between like is this a story about aids is this a story about gentrification is this this a story story about love uh it can be all those things it can be but i don't think that they did enough of them well you got a little bit of this a little bit of that a little bit of this other thing and there was nothing that was just like I don't know. I just don't. I think it was spread too thin. Mm. And the music, because it is a musical, was boring. See, I find some of what you teach suspect (laughs) because I'm used to relying on intellect. Yeah, it was funny rewatching this because I actually liked it better than the first time that I watched it. I was really enjoying it. I just I mean, if you're not into musicals, cool. I get you. But I, I wholeheartedly disagree that it's not catchy. I think it's Oh, the music is super catchy. Yeah, I mean, it's arguably more catchy than Hamilton because it's way more like verse chorusy, verse chorusy. I don't know. It's it's way more based on traditional pop song forms than yeah, but than Hamilton. And plus, I, I love the characters in this too. Like whenever I'm like writing and stuff, I always go back to like the characters in these. Like yeah, uh, Mark is incredibly relatable for an audience surrogate. Yeah, for sure. Well, I don't know. He even like goes so far as to say like when he has the argument with Roger about like. Uh, Mark says that like Roger's too far removed from the group and stuff. He's like, yeah, because I'm the one who has to survive. Mm. He's like the only one that doesn't have AIDS, and he feels like as a documentarian that it's his job to like get all this down, like about how yeah. special these people are. It's very Jimmy, okay. catchy yes. music about relationships. <laughs> yes, who makes up all the rules about those girls I want? Who tells them all to laugh? Who tells them all to talk about me and I'm not sure what my purpose is for being here. Okay, that's enough. Why do they? Oh boy. Why do they? It's this episode, huh? Always kick me in the balls when I'm around. I'm not complaining. It just hurts after a while. Yeah, my girlfriend. Blank 182, Jimmy. Yeah, I I caught that. The first 10 years. There's a caveat to this episode. (laughs) Usually we're like, we're talking you into this band or we're doing one album. Blink-182 is a band that I grew up with that I loved, and then they turned bad, and I don't love them. (laughs) So I was going to talk both of you into the first 10 years of Blink-182, but Dan's like, I have with him. So I'm in a weird spot here. (laughs) You're kind of just like on the, "Ah, I don't care. No, it's not that. It's that I do like a lot. I do like the early stuff probably better than the later stuff, but I don't know a lot of it. So you haven't made the playlist yet. No, I haven't because I wanted to talk to you. I don't know what input you wanted. I'm assuming you're going to like put a lot of stuff on there that I don't know. So I'm going to say you are talking me into it. Okay. You don't have very far to go, though, because the songs that I've heard, I've really enjoyed. Like I said, like songs off Buddha and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm I might do a video thing, too, because they they did get popular on MTV. They're an MTV Mm. band. That's where I first. So is Enema of the State in the first 10 years? It is. Yes. Uh, That's kind of a cop out to me. Everyone knows songs off Enema of the State. Dude, we got Cheshire Cat. Yeah, we got Buddha. We yeah. got Dude Ranch. If I think you, you should want, just leave it at that. No, we got. They came from Uranus. I don't even know. What we that have is. singles. We have Fly Swatter demo. They do a No Effects cover that's not good. <laughs> but yeah, no, they're. Uh, we'll we'll get more into it next week. But um, 
I'm excited for this one more than rent. <laughs> Jimmy, where yes. can people find Talk Me Into on the internet? They can find Talk Me Into on the interwebs, uh, www.talkmeinto.com. We the got, World Wide Web? Yes, the World Wide Web. The we got Destical? We're at Talk Me Into on Twitter and uh, Talk Me Into Pod on Instagram. And if you feel so inclined, you can send us an email, talkmeinto at gmail.com. You can uh, write in a review there, or you can write in a review on the uh, Apple Podcast app. That is very nice. Five stars, please. That's all we read now. Yes. Jeff, where can people find you personally on the line? People could find me on the on line, the line uh, at 203, never mind, uh, on Instagram at Large Heart on Collider and Magic the Clippening and on Twitter at JE. FFFFF27, Jeff of 5Fs, the number 27, Dan. Yeah. Where can people find you online? Uh, mostly on Twitter using the username Danny underscore breakdown. And uh, yeah, you can check out my band uh, on Instagram at old underscore dogs. That's old with an E at the end of it. Thank you for listening to Talk oh, Me Into. I don't get to say anything. Oh. We did Eat that again. Shit, Jim. Jimmy, where can people find you online? You can find me at Son of a Fitch, S O N N E V A F I T C H, on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Now you can say it, Dan. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, Jimmy. Yeah. What will we talk you into next? I know that everything. Know that everything. Know that everything. Everything's gonna, gonna be, be fine. fine. That's a drum roll. And it's not Travis Parker. Do you want to start this one or do you want me to? Oh, you're both talking me into it? Yeah. yeah I oh, like I didn't know Jimmy knew it. Oh, I like Brent. I didn't know Pappy drew it. <laughs> Go ahead, Jim. Pappy, want me to? Pappy drew it. Let's get a uh, fun fact real quick. Uh, females. My name is Jimmy, and I once, it once, ah, shoot.